Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, presented by Manscaped.ca. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford? There is a no-frills, no-nonsense company that wants to provide that to you, No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro-stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the No Names and players currently making a name. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 135. I am your host, Blaine Putvang, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Afternoon. And Treg Wilson. Good evening. Treg, I notice uh, you felt uh, left out a little bit with us wearing hats, so you went and got yourself one? Well, yeah, you guys always wear hats, so I figured I'd just wear one of my hats and, you know. Well, I I wear my beautiful no-name hockey hat. No name hockey, the best place for hockey sticks. I'm wearing a hockey Canada hat, and I, I'm just wearing a black Habs hat. It's all yeah. We we all went with the black and white because you know we're we're getting older, and black and white is just how we see things now. True. We're like old dogs; we don't see any <laughs> colors. And I feel bad for Toronto fans today, so I thought I'd, you know, not really. them. No, not really. <laughs> no. You know, honestly, my my t- 
my timeline, my social media timeline and all platforms and because of where I grew up is filled with Leaf fans. And when I woke up this morning and had my, uh, my morning beverage and I was scrolling through my stuff, I noticed how quiet it was. It was tumbleweeds and it was glorious. That is the beauty of a Habs win when the Leafs are playing them. They shut and the fuck up. Montreal's they're two, three, and one now against uh, Toronto. So, see how it goes. Yeah, and how many of those uh, those losses were three on three OT? One, just the one. Yeah, which is a gimmick now. But all but one game was a one goal game. If you take away the empty nets. Yeah, yeah, they play them tight. So uh, this episode, we are going to talk about the the Habs Leafs game. We'll touch a little bit on the upcoming Canadians Flames series, which is going to be a very important one when it comes to playoffs. Uh, then we'll talk a little bit about the trade done a deadline, the additions. Uh, there are some rumors that have been coming out in the last day about what may have been said, what may have been, who may have been a target. So we'll get into all that. But first, we'll kick it off with the Habs-Leafs game. So we just started a little bit of our banter on that. Uh, Matt, I'm going to throw it over to you so that you can throw a couple of Leafs under the bus. You know what? I'm, I, 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 can, I can safely say that I can throw a few under the bus in this. Um, last night, though, the only real players that showed up last night were Marner, Matthews, and... Uh, and Campbell and you know I talked to Treg a little bit uh, off air about this is um, the fact that Campbell put the game on himself and, and and he blamed himself for the loss and everything like that like he made some big saves he uh, he, he he played a, a, an overall solid game going into this game he'd won 11 games in a row some of them he definitely lucked out on some of those games and maybe he didn't deserve those wins but um, last night he didn't get the run support he made a few big saves here and there, but ultimately the Canadians came out on top. Um, from a Canadian's perspective, I think um, the defense looked a hell of a lot better with the pairings that they had. It was nice to see Edmondson back with Petrie. Um, I think Anderson was a beast. I think every time he touched the puck, he was a scoring threat. And um, it was really nice to see a player get physical with some of the, uh, with some of the, say, the so-called star players when the Leafs, when uh, Romanov was pretty rough with Matthews towards the end of the game and he, and he yeah. knocked Marner on his ass. I think that it was one of his better games since he's been in the league. Yeah. Matthews and, uh, really did not appreciate being manned up like that. He, <laughs> he hated, he hates playing physical hockey. He really he was shows. He really does. He was physically um, manhandled by Romanov. That's very true. Matthews can't shoulder the physical play. <laughs> but um, but you know when it comes down to it, there was there was so there was a lot of um, second effort last night, and even though even even after they even after the game got tied, um, guys like Byron, Lackanen, you know those depth guys, they were they were putting in the second effort, and um, I. Gotta say, I really swore at my TV when uh, when Drew I took that tripping penalty because I thought, here we go. But uh, but luckily the PK ended up showing up, and um, you know they came along with a win. I, I think that it was a well deserved win. Allen looked very good. 
And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what these uh, new additions, which we'll get into later on, are going to bring to the lineup and the pressure it's going to put on some of these guys that are now in the lineup to stay in the lineup. Well, the Canadians, uh, it, it was a good win for them. That That's a, that's a bonus. Um, but they did this without their starting goaltender, without their top winger, their heart and soul player. They're missing Sherrod on the blue line. So they were able to do this and they're missing a lot of key pieces. So the effort level was there. Like you mentioned, that second effort that was not there in that game against Winnipeg where they got embarrassed. It was embarrassing to watch, let alone, I can't imagine how they felt, which is partially why I called the the game that the Canadians were playing against the Leafs as a trap game for the Leafs because the Leafs are coming in flying high. They came into Montreal early to watch the Masters as a team, you know, which is, you know, for them, they're probably thinking, hey, team building. Meanwhile, the Canadians are seeing this as, oh, they're coming here for a holiday. We're just an easy romp. We just got our asses handed to us. We're going to take it to these guys. So it, it, it was a bit of a trap game for the Leafs, and it showed because the Canadians actually came out hard. They controlled that first period. They took some pushback from the Leafs, which is normal. The Leafs are, are really a second-period team. They seem to really pick it up in the second. Um, but the third, the Canadians just pushed back and took, uh, took over again. So to do that without some key pieces, if they meet in the playoffs, you add those key pieces in, it's not going to be as much of a cakewalk as some Leaf fans thinks it's, think it's going to be. Well, let's look at the series as a whole. All but one game was pretty much settled by one goal. Uh, if you take out the empty nets on either side, uh, Montreal won two, one and what four, two last night. So, but one was an empty net. Um, the Leafs were uh, all their games, but one, I think they won five, one with one of their wins, I believe if I'm not mistaken. But uh, all those uh, other Leaf games, they were pretty much one-goal games except for the empty nets. So uh, they're two th- Montreal's 2-3-1, two, or if you look on the Toronto side, 4-2-0. Oh. Um, so it's going to be – when you come into the playoffs, you're getting rid of the 3-3, three three, uh, which Toronto has one win, win as. And each game is a one-goal game. And uh, I'm going to say it now, and I said it before, and I'll say it again. Montreal was better built for the playoffs, I think, than Leafs. Although, with the trade deadline, which I think we're going to get into later, the Leafs did make themselves better for the uh, – well, at least with Felino, they made themselves better. I don't know if Hutton's really going to do anything or Riddick, but uh, uh, they made themselves better for the playoffs. So They're hoping so, at least. Well, they're hoping so. And, and you know what? The Leafs are all in. The Leafs have like four draft picks in the next two years or something silly like that. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just going off the top of my yeah, head. That's but, true. Uh, yeah. They only have like four or five draft picks over the next two years, not just next year, but yeah. the next two. I'd have to go on cap friendly to, uh, which I think Matt's doing right now. Doing that right that now. Out. So this year uh, they've got, this year after the trades that they made, they have a second, fifth, and a sixth. That's it. For this year, so next three, year, think, ne- next year they have a first, second, and sixth. So they have six picks for the next yeah. two years. Yeah, right. So I mean, they're all in, and good for them. They they need to go all in. Matthews only got like three years left on his contract, and he'll be in Arizona. And uh, <laughs> you know, 
So the, and and good for the Leafs. The Leafs they have the talent up front with Tavares, Matthews, and uh, Marner. They have the elite talent, uh, which is something Montreal lacks. But they don't have the grit, the grind, and the character players that Montreal has to to dig it out in the playoffs. They've got some, that, they, they have some guys that can step up into that role. Yeah. But as a whole, if you ask if you ask say Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner to play mean, it's it's going to be like. It's like, show me your war face. So they're like, ah, you know, like, that's, that's not a war face. <laughs> right. Like that's, that's what it comes down to. You know, you tell, yeah. you tell somebody like Cockney Emmy, go show, show me your war face. He's going to you know, right? go nuts and he's going to elbow yeah. somebody in the head and get ejected. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. But like we've, we know that the Canadians are a much better built team for a physical series and I, you know, I, I think whoever comes out of that series is going to get beat all the hell. Um, but I don't think, I, it would, you know I, I, I don't think I, Montreal is going to get beat all the hell in that series. If Montreal no, no, ends no, up no, playing no. Toronto, I think if Toronto does, Toronto will be beat to shit for the next round. I would say, I would say so, but um, I would rather play. Like I, I wouldn't want to play Winnipeg in the first round. They're not the physical big team as they used to be, but they've still got some guys on that lineup. Okay. They could hurt you. I think Helly bucks the difference. In, yeah, in, absolutely. In Winnipeg. Like I don't think Winnipeg, Winnipeg's defense is so weak that it's hard to say Winnipeg's a good team, yeah. but Hellebeck is what kind of makes the defense look better. And they have a top six. That's probably one of the best in the, that's right. in the North. Yeah. So, and we've seen that. Montre- and we've seen them and we've seen that Montreal can shut down Edmonton. You remember uh, when Price was yeah. the uh, the backbone of the Canadians and they had a piss poor defense? That's yeah. Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. Only Montreal didn't have the top six Winnipeg had. That's right. No. So. Yeah. They're they're a little bit ahead of what, a bit. Of what Montreal Montreal was back. But I mean, t- I'd rather see Montreal play Toronto in the second round so that we can see all the King of the North memes that come out of it. Yeah. Just for that. Just if that. I'm being honest, if I'm being honest here, I think Toronto's the team to beat in the North for the playoffs. Sure. Let's say let's say that Montreal does meet them in the first round. Toronto and let's say Toronto wins. Let's uh, say in set, it'll take six or seven games. By the end of that series, Toronto is going to be so beaten, broken they're going to lose the next round to Winnipeg. Oh, I can see it. If if it comes down to it, I think Winnipeg would be the second mostly. Actually, in all honesty, I think Montreal can go far in the playoffs if when they make it. And we're going to get into that because I think they will make it. But uh, I think Winnipeg and Toronto are the, are the two teams most likely to come out of the North. I'm going to go out on the record and say that we the North thing I absolutely hate. <laughs> yeah. And I've, and I've hated it since yeah. the, the first time I heard it. Because I really, I, honestly, I thought it was a typo the first thing the time, time I saw it. And then I was in Toronto and I saw people with like, we the North flags and everything. It's from the Raptors. Yeah, yeah exactly, Raptors. exactly. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know what the hell it was. <laughs> Just didn't sound very educated to me, but I was like, and now, right. that we have a nor- and now that we have a North division. Oh, you Toronto know memes are going to come, yeah. Anyway, well. And this, you know what? This is Toronto's window. Toronto has to win within the next two, three years. They have to. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. Or they're not going to win. It's like well, if they the, don't win like this year. In, 
this year. They have to win this year. Uh, maybe next year. They've still got a lot of guys that are that are signed. Marner and Tavares and uh, Matthews are all signed for what? Matthews got what? Three years left. I'm, I'm not goes, sure. I have to look it up. And then he's off to Arizona to rebuild <laughs> that team. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. I mean. I don't know. And, and Blaine, you made a good point about Montreal. They're, Montreal's not all in. Everyone thinks Montreal's all in and they're not. Toronto is all in. When you have no draft picks and only two or three prospects that really are going to have a good chance to be NHLers, that's all in. Yeah. Montreal's yeah. not there. Yeah, it's like Pittsburgh years ago. And now Pittsburgh's yeah, got one of the one of the worst um, prospect pools in the league. If Montreal was all in, everything away. That's right, and that but that's what you do to go all in. That's yep. what you do. You trade it all the way to get these high end players like Tavares and all these other guys. Like Montreal, if Montreal was all in, they would have made a huge pitch to get Hall, uh, Taylor Hall, or someone like Taylor Hall. They would have made a huge uh, pitch to get uh, Eklund. They would have made a huge. You know what I mean? They would have went out and got all these available talented players or Eichel, they would have said, you, Hey, we want Eichel take cotton, you know, and Paling and Caulfield and our first, because we want to win this year. And that's when you're all in yeah. Montreal's not all in. But nope. Toronto is definitely all in. They're holding on to basically just a couple of young prospects that they're, they're probably going to end up having a trade just so that they can make some space on the cap. I mean, th- they got to resign goaltending. They got to, they got to sign, you know, some defense. They got to work on their depth again, so either they rely completely on those young prospects or they get lucky and sign a bunch of really good players for super cheap. Yeah, but they only have three prospects, really. Lilligren, yeah. uh, Amarov, and, uh, and Robertson. And Amarov is going to be in Russia for another year. I mean, that's, and they were the ones that Dubas said are untouchable, even though he said he was willing to trade his prospects. No, pitch, Sandine, but... Sandine was the untouchable one. Oh, was it Sandine? I thought it was a Littergren. Okay, Sandine then. Yeah. Either way, a four, two forwards and a defenseman. They have no goaltending prospects. Besides Sandin, Lill- maybe Lilligren, they don't really have any. I mean, and that's okay because Toronto's at that point right now where they don't really care about the future. They care about winning the cup right now, and, and, and that's okay. Like, I'm not trying to And And that's why I'm Toronto. saying if they don't win this year, it's going to mm-hmm. be a failure. They're all in. Yeah. You have to win okay. this year. If you if if they end up even just making the the just winning the North is not enough. It it just isn't. I mean, they've been building for what ten years. Yeah. If you don't make it, if you don't make it minimum to the final, it's a failure. And the Canadians are nowhere near that right now. Like no. nowhere I mean, near that. There are people out there saying they're all in, and I just don't believe they are. Like, I just, they don't meet, I guess, my definition of being all in. And I say my that's, definition because I, I don't know, really know what a definition That's because a lot of these is. people are talking about the Canadians uh, because, G, you know, the GM's been here for eight seasons. He's in his ninth season. He's been doing this for nine years. They're, they're completely ignoring the fact that he went all in uh, five, six years ago, failed, and yeah. then got a second chance. Like, yeah. he should have been fired in 2017. That's when his oh, plan definitely. came. His plan came definitely. to fruition. Didn't work out. He went all in for all that crap before that, and then 2017 he started stockpiling yeah. picks and prospects. 
Well, he went all in and did it wrong is what happened. Yes. Yeah, he failed. Because <laughs> he had a core and he get put nothing with it. <laughs> right. And then at you know, then he went all in thinking he was gonna, oh wait, we made it to the final. We made it almost made it to the finals. Now I'm gonna get Vanek. We're all in. I don't know. Anyway. But that's that's my point. He had his chance, yeah. he failed, then he started over. So the Canadians are in year four of a, of their rebuild right now, and they're a playoff they're year, team. Year four of Bergevin 2.0. Exactly. It's this almost is like second you fired, plan. You fired Bergevin and rehired Bergevin as the GM and said, all right. Yeah. I think he's doing now what he wanted to do when he first came in in 2012, but I don't think Maybe. Molson would let him. Either way, that's he's what, in year four. He's in year four yeah. of the plan. They're not all in. They're not ready to be all in. Signing guys, uh, uh, signing Toffoli was a great addition. Trading for Anderson fills a, a need, but you look at you look at what they've got coming. Yelonen, Caulfield, um, just that's just on the wing. That's guys under twenty. That's 21, 22, uh, 20 years old. Uh, Paling's still coming up. He's twenty two. Like you've got about nine, ten solid NHL players out of all the draftees that they have all under the age of 22. Then you got, you got Brooke, you got Fleury, you got Gooley, you got, exactly. you got Harris, you got Struble, you got Primo, you got, you know. But so. here's the thing. None of them are going to be star players. They're just going to be really good NHLers with the exception of Caulfield. Caulfield has the ability to become a star player. I'm not saying he will be, but he has that skill set where he can be. We talked about Matthews earlier in the show where, you know, you got to be, you got to be very wary of him because he's got that star power. He can score at will almost. And Caulfield has that, that it factor so much so that he broke Matthews's scoring record in the U S program. His worst year in the U S program, he was one goal less than Matthews best year. That's right. I, just, I, just, I just find it crazy and every level he just he just finds himself open he knows where to go he's Ovechkin I, I made a tweet and when he scored that power play goal on the on the on the left hash mark or in the left dot I said who what NHL player that's exactly what Ovechkin does finds the open ice good old offside good old offside hockey jumped in on that I shut yeah, that yeah. down I shut down that pretty quick <laughs> <laughs> no it's not yet but it, that, and that's what Ovechkin does. And Caulfield is one of those guys that for some reason, I don't know how these guys do it. And, and Matthews, Matthews can do it. Yeah. They find I'm, the open ice and they get I'm open. Looking, I'm looking forward to when Caulfield finally gets into the league. I hope he gets as comfortable as Ovechkin does on the spot. Because some, sometimes you see Ovechkin, he literally sits on the spot and he just holds a stick like this and he does the, you know, you know, he bends his back and he's just like, it's coming to me. I'm Everyone knows waiting. it's coming to me. And then it's, behind, you know, it's all of a sudden it's behind the goalie, right? So, and uh, he's closing in on Andrew Chuck's all-time uh, power play goal record right now. He's only... He's only like nine away, or if that. Meh, whatever. It's Ovechkin. No one cares. I want. I want him to break Gretzky's record. Nobody cares about Ovechkin. Come on. Love Ovechkin. And I do want to say, when I say Caulfield and Matthews, I am not for all the Leaf fans are going to lose their (laughs) shit over this. I am not saying Caulfield is as good as Matthews because Matthews is an elite player. 
You're saying he's better than Matthews. No, I'm not saying he's better. I'm saying Caulfield has elite qualities, but I don't think he's on the same level as Matthews. Well, Matthews being a center should have a much more value right there. Oh, and and Matthews from that. Matthews is a hundred point guy. I don't think Caulfield's a hundred point guy. He's a 40 goal guy. Caulfield is a goal scorer and he's, he's projected to become an elite goal scorer. He's got that. That's his skill set. His skill set is a goal scorer. What fans want to see out of him is that he's not one dimensional. And so far in his. He hasn't been in Laval. No, he has been, uh, he's been a, a driver for offense. He's been back checking. He has been, he's been a complete player, a much more complete player. So the potential for a star player is there. He's the only one in the Canadian system that has the potential to be a star player. The rest guys like Paling are a third liner. Yelonen will be a second liner at best. Gooley, you know, he's, he's going to be that big mobile I see him being a top four guy. Yeah, second no, pairing, but second pairing defenseman. Exactly. Norlander, not... Norlander might get a first pairing defenseman, but I don't mm. think he'll ever be a number one. Pairing. Maybe a guy that could run a power play and play top Maybe. four. But not, not that surefire. Uh, that's a number no. one defenseman. No. There, no, there's none of that. He's no Dolan or anyone like that. No, or, and or and that's my point. Or... They've drafted well. They're developing well to this point, and the Canadians are going to have a flood of good young players that's when the window is going to open mm. when those guys show up that's when you go all in yeah you know so, spe- so speaking of speaking of prospects and speaking of like laval and all that kind of stuff um they're playing very good hockey right now as it is and that's without yelonen mysak belzil and there's somebody else in there too that is currently Flurry. Flurry, yeah, that's, they're, they're all currently out right now, but apparently, other than Flurry, I believe they're all supposed to be back soon. They're, saying, they're skating with the team, yeah. So, that's Flurry gonna, hurt, or is he a healthy scratch? He's hurt, he's hurt, he's hurt. He yeah. threw a hit, he threw a hit one night along the boards, and they just both bounced off each other. And he took the he took the worst of it. I will say, Brooks having a great season. As yeah, because they're, they're, they're giving him a little bit yeah. more uh, offensive opportunity the year that he was drafted. Um, he was just a beast on the power play in the WHL. Well, he, he's not getting any power play minutes in Laval for some They've reason. They've started to finally give him some mm-hmm. and kind of say, okay, you know, put the leash out a little bit further. So, so that's the Leaf series turned into yeah. prospects, turned into how <laughs> awesome Caulfield is. Yeah. So the, uh, okay, moving on to the Calgary Flames. Uh, the Flames at the deadline sold. They, they got rid of a couple of players, uh, Bennett being the big one. Now they're, they're in Toronto tonight playing the Leafs, and they're going to be in Montreal tomorrow night to play the Habs. So the Leafs can do Montreal two favors in two days, losing to Montreal and then beating Calgary, because beating Calgary would give the Canadians a 10-point lead on the playoff spot. Yeah right, yeah, right now Calgary's got two games in hand, and they got thirty-seven points. Montreal's Calgary's got, got games in hand. Or, uh, no, sorry. Montreal does. Montreal's got two games in hand, yeah. and they've got thirty-seven points. And Montreal's got uh, forty-five. Forty-five. Points. Yeah. So by by losing that game, that would open up a full eight points with the two games in hand. 
they can pick up the 10, the, the 10 spot tomorrow night. So well, I wonder three, they'll have three games in hand after tonight. I'm wondering what they're going to do. I'm wondering if they're going to play Markstrom tonight or double them up and then maybe, or maybe they play Deming tonight and then play Markstrom against Montreal. Well, Deming plays well against Montreal. So if you're but, okay, if you're French speaking, have a French sounding name, or it's your first game, in the, or, if, or if it's your first game ever in the league, or you haven't scored a goal in 300 games, you're going to play good against Montreal. Yeah. Um, I don't see why, if they're selling, why they're going to double up Markstrom. Because if they're selling, they already know the route. Yeah. You know, I mean, if uh, people were saying, like talking on Facebook and that about how, oh, if Montreal makes the playoffs, it's not a matter of if anymore. It's a matter of where they're going to finish. With the, way, with the way Ottawa has been playing lately, Ottawa might finish fifth in the division. Well, they're only five points out. Yeah. Of fifth. But what, what I'm saying is if you look at the, look at it, like, after tonight, win or lose, Calgary's still going to be three games. Montreal's still going to have three games in hand. Yep. Uh, they're still going to be six points ahead. So you, if you assume Montreal wins all three games, there's 12 points ahead, right? Uh, even if they don't win all three games, they're still six points ahead. Yeah, and, but these are uh, but these are going to be meaningful games. Like these are the ones; these yeah. are the points you're going to want to get. They're not playing. They are, but they're they're not playing Vancouver anymore. I think they still got a couple games against Ottawa, and they're hit or miss against Ottawa. And right now, Calgary's two and eight in their last ten games. So these so are the Canadians. These are, if the Canadians win these two games against Calgary, that pretty much it's over. That just seals it for them. Yeah, I think if Calgary loses tonight, Montreal wins tomorrow. It's over for Calgary. That could very well be that too. Because Montreal yeah. go ten points up with two games in hand. Yeah, that's this Western that's, trip's uh, going to say a lot though. If they can if they can do well against Calgary and Edmonton, then I'll be pretty happy. I, I'm just saying it. It's almost harder for Montreal to miss the playoffs than it will be for them to make the playoffs. Yeah, they don't even have to play 500 to make the playoffs. No, nope. Calgary has to play 750. Now, uh, although the, the wild card here is going to be Vancouver, they're 10 points out, but they're, they start playing Friday, so they're going to have three, four games in hand on Montreal. So they could be a wild card. If they come back and play well, but then again, they sold again. They sold as well at the dead. They line, sold so. as well. Yeah. We'll see. But they retained Pearson. So it's kind of an in-between yeah. with them. Yeah. They got rid of Godette and Jordy Ben. and Yeah. So, who was an excellent addition to Winnipeg, I might add. They yeah, really they, need a defense. And actually he actually improved their defense by a lot, actually. Deep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know. It's not a guarantee for Montreal, but it'll be a no. miracle if they don't make it. But if they Calgary really... can't if Calgary can't pull out a win, there's they're off in the bush. That that's it. Just just go in the bushes. Yeah. And uh hey, if you got bush. You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. After using these life-changing products, you're going to want to join a ball sack beauty contest. I'm looking out for you too because I also have an exclusive 20% off discount. Use code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body. Oh God, it lost it there. Your full body grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. This is the best trimmer on 
to help you trim up the hedges. This trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. Inside the perfect package, you'll find the Manscaped Pro Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, making sure your balls are smelling majestic before your Tinder date. You'll also find the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, a spray-on testy toner that's designed to make your balls smell irresistible. Be sure to add the refined cologne to your arsenal. With a perfect, packet, a perfect package or performance package purchase, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for your bush trimming experience. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code UNFILTERED20. It's 2021 and you still got bush? Change that with Manscaped. Man, the, Habs Unfiltered is brought to you by Manscaped. I'm liking I'm liking those ads. <laughs> <laughs> they do like to they do like to switch it up every now and then. I get an email <laughs> probably once every two weeks with a new ad. So I'm liking those ads. Yeah. My favorite though is we had Jason when well, we had Jason Paul on here and you started reading one off <laughs> and he was just like Oh, we're doing this, are we? And he's trying, yeah. he's trying, he's trying not to laugh. <laughs> hey, what can I say? Wait, do we get John Lube back on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I can um, find if I can find one that that ties in a bow tie, done. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Or uh, we need to get uh, we need to get uh, Craig Button back on and talk about we'll do it right after he talks about his pickleball incident. Oh, he went what head to head with Lanny McDonald and Lanny just nailed him. <laughs> Don't mess with Lanny McDonald and pickleball. Apparently, he went to get the ball and fell in his glasses, cut sunglasses, cut his. Uh... Or did Lanny jump the uh, jump the uh, the fence <laughs> and just start pummeling him? He might have said something. You didn't deserve that cup in 89 and Lanny just lost it. <laughs> well, you don't want to say that. Oh, <laughs> I talked, I talked to Lanny about the 86 cup and the 89 cup, you know, just shooting the breeze when we were at the airport once and Oh, wow. Yeah. No, don't bring that shit up. Just say, congratulations. You're the best. All the team to win the cup in Montreal besides Montreal. That's right. And Lanny was the, the, the whole reason for it. And I might I add, an amazing guy, and uh, please don't hurt me. I don't want to end up looking like Craig Button. <laughs> uh, so, spe speaking of good looks, Matt, Smith. thank you. <laughs> I was actually going to jump into uh, into John Merrill and his well, uh, his yeah the his, trade deadline yeah his letter Kenny his letter Kenny self as John Lou said actually he. <laughs> He was in uh, he was in Stranger Things two. He played the older brother of the girl that uh, the love interest of one of the. Have you ever watched Stranger Things two? No, Blaine. You don't. I don't think you watched it, but he is the spitting image of one of the guys on there. Look it up. Just look it up. Anyway, so John Merrill is one of the additions at the trade deadline, 
uh, I think it was going to be a fifth round pick for him, but because the mullet was included, we had to give up for beak. I think it's a good trade. Uh, I, think I really so. do. I, the, I really the, do. The mullet alone was worth it. <laughs> you know what? You get a guy that can play top four minutes. He's been in the league for a little while. He's got, um, you know, over almost 400 games NHL experience. I, I see it as a win-win. This is a guy that they can really pair him with anybody and he's going to, he should do well. And the mullet really just t- caps it off. I, I personally, I think they're going to put him with, uh, with Romanov. Yeah. Cause he can play the right side. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he's going to be a guy that's going to make it hard to play against. He's not, he's not a big, but he's a bigger body, but he's not a big bruising type defender. He's a guy that's more about shot suppression and all that kind of stuff. And he'll, yeah. he'll kill penalties, right? Yeah. He's, he's Mete only effective. For me, that's more of a Gustafson, but <laughs> <laughs> well, Gustafson, that's another uh, another guy that got picked up at the deadline. That was a seventh round pick in 2022, yeah. Yeah. and all he's going to be used for is death. He is that that seventh D man. He's going to dress only if he needs to. If he does, I mean, he is a a puck moving offensive defenseman. There's not much defense to his game. He had 60 points in Chicago. I think it was like 15 goals that year. Uh, he got, was it 10 or 15 points in 27 games in Philly? He's yeah, 10 and 24. There you go. So um, he, he isn't much of a defensive type player. He's more of your power play specialist. So if he does draw in, that's what you're going to see from him. He's going to move the puck up ice. He's going to play on the power play. But don't expect him to box out in the front of the net. Don't expect I, him to play physical. I think it was the system. I think it was the system in Philly that he just never got under. Yeah, I mean, it's it's known that you know with Terrian and Vigno, they don't adjust well when things aren't going their way. No. So it's he, like he played wide, like when he played in Chicago, and you got to think this is only the eighteen nineteen season. He put up sixty points. Yeah. And he was able to play a little bit more of a wide open style and only four of his 17 goals were on the power play. Right. So he was, he was able to play a little bit more wide open and we'll see, we'll see what happens. Even when he went to Calgary after uh, at the deadline, I think he traded at the deadline last year, he put up uh, a handful of points in the handful of games that he actually played for. I think, uh, Montreal's success of the first year had a lot to do with the offense of the D yeah, 100%. Uh, uh, so with the defense pushing the play, pushing the offense, and I think Gustafin would sit into that type, fit into that type of uh, – I think he's – I'm not going to say the perfect compliment for Weber, but I think he's the puck-moving guy you need next to Weber. Uh, let Weber sort out the defense, even though – and have Gustafin be the, the, the puck-mover on that line. Um, I agree with Blaine. He's not, he's not the defensive guy we want. Um, so with a healthy lineup, would he be in your top six right now? No. Well, I, I tweeted out after yesterday that in a healthy lineup with Sherratt back, uh, I would have him on the second pair with Weber, uh, Peachtree and, and uh, Edmondson. Edmondson on the top pair with Sherratt and Kulak on the bottom pair. Or sorry, Sherratt and Merle on the bottom pair and Kulak as your seventh. Romanoff and the AHL. Now, I don't know if, whether that happens no. or not. I have no idea, but. That that's how I would put the perfect uh, healthy lineup. I think Merle's more valuable than Gustafson because he has a better two hundred foot. I do game. too. 
I do too. I uh, can see I can see the guy coming out of the lineup being yeah. Kulak. And it'd be Kulak Gustafson. I see Gustafson and Kulak swapping back and forth of the lineup when Sherrod's healthy. Personally, yeah. I'm just thinking if you want an offense driven defense, then Gus is a Gus isn't gonna be in your lineup. That's yeah. somewhere. The only way I can see Kulak coming out is if they see Romanov as capable of moving up a pairing and playing with Weber. Because then you have Sherratt coming in, playing on that third pair with either Merrill or Gustafson. But I don't see that happening. I see Merrill and Gustafson being pushed down. I, I think Merrill being put... I don't see Merrill playing any more than top three, but I don't see Merrill being the guy... I think he's better than right now than... Gustafson and yeah, I would I, I would say that he would be the one that would stay in the lineup. Yeah, I'm not expecting it's, them to move Romanov just, off the lineup. And and they're gonna I, I would play him with Romanov just because like yeah. the hair the hair on that line would be incredible, <laughs> right? <laughs> a blonde flow and a dark flow just going, but it would confuse everyone. Like one Maybe of the helmets would fly in. off, and like Romanov's lost his a couple times this year. He just throws it back just imagine if Merrill did that shit like the the player the players would literally look at him and stop and be like some good flow you got there because the game would go into slow-mo all I picture is Merrill going down the ice going I can see down your top (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah you want to step up to the mic here's the backup right here (laughs) I'm Joe Dirt Allegedly, allegedly. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's tough to say. Like I didn't expect them to pick up two defensemen after they got Merle. I was pretty. I, I was thinking they were it. done after that. To be honest, uh, I just if they want to get back to the first of the season, they need that offensive rush from the defense, and Gus doesn't gives them that. I totally agree with you, Blaine. His defense is shit. Uh, so it's tough to say. Hey, I want him on the top four but you can't dispute the offenses there. Like, I mean, he can quarterback a power play, which Montreal needs help with. Merrill's going to help with the PK. Merrill's yes. going to, because he can clear the net. He's very, he is uh, for 5e5, he's seventh in the league in war. So uh, playing on Detroit. War, yeah. what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say Just it like- again. Just like advanced stats. No, I mean, <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, like, you know, I think Matt missed the whole stat. song there. I will admit that is a cherry pick stat, but so is every analytical stat you throw at about anybody. Saying Edmondson is great because his plus minus is like plus forty or whatever the fuck it is right now. But sorry, whatever the hell it is. Sorry, Matt, oh, didn't mean to take your effort. You definitely took my thunder. Um, <laughs> um, How dare you! <laughs> You know, but, you know, people are going to use it. Oh, Edmondson's really good. He got a plus minus of plus 29 or whatever it is. And I'm, I mean, I think plus minus is a joke stat, but. Uh, I'm going to, I'm just hey. going to do our, I'll do a real stat. Jeff Petrie is a better defenseman when, when he's played with Edmondson. It, well, it's true. Yeah. Because he, true. he knows no, he can push yeah. a little no, bit more. No advanced stats needed. That is just watching games. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the yeah. eye test. That's yeah. right. You use you the, the advanced stats to marry up with the eye test. The only thing war is good for is so that we can do that stupid pun based on the song. <laughs> and I can take a shot at advanced stats. That, well, there's that. <laughs> I mean, you, you can take the advanced stats and you can, uh, look at me, first of the year, I was like, advanced stats are stupid. Now I'm kind of like, all right, I get your point on advanced stats. But, but you, you can manipulate take... them if you want. Correct. But you just can't take advanced stat and go, all right. Let's talk about Victor Mete. Let's get into that whole fucking. Oh, shit. No, 
Shit, son. All right. Wilson's so, talking Mete. My favorite player. Uh, you mean the, <laughs> the newest Ottawa center, ask anyone. Victor Mete. So, advanced stat-wise, Victor Mete is, is an analytic dream. He's just like uh, Darren Dietz. Uh, or... Diaz. Oh, not, you remember Diaz? Diaz? Rafael Diaz, not Darren Raph Dietz. Diaz. Rafael Diaz. That's right. Analytic dream. But if you actually watch him play, he does nothing but transition. Is it Rafael Diaz the one that almost killed Eller? No, Diaz played for Montreal. He's a Montreal. No, no, all the, he's the one that made the pass and almost killed Eller. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Player 61. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and then his career was over. But. Yeah. Uh, not Ellers, but but his. Well, maybe Ellers. But, oh, sure, uh, okay. I, and, and, you know, I get these guys. Like, there's this whole group on Twitter that use Tiger 27 or whatever it is in their names. Uh, it has something to do with Mete. I don't know what it is. It's some kind of little teeny bop thing that they got going what? on together. I don't know. I haven't seen this. this. Any, is there an actual fucking group of people doing this Any shit? Mete, if you look oh, at this. Oh, am I the only one that hasn't swore yet? <laughs> if, if you go on Twitter... And look at any name that has Tiger 27 in it, they will defend Mete to the death. Is it one person with a shitload of, uh, of accounts? Maybe. Or? Could be. Could be. Could be. I, I mean, I get the whole... I will Listen, I'll put a tweet out there that says Mete is shitty or something, which I don't really believe, and you'll see a whole bunch of these Tiger 27 dudes fucking go crazy. Weird. That is weird. I, I, I don't mean, know. I, it's, it's, I, I can it's understand weird... the whole... I understand the whole mint thing, you know, because of Kotkaniemi and yep. Mete yep. and the whole, yep. hey, look how cute and funny this is, you know, ha, ha, ha. But now, and now he's gone, so they're, they're sad they missed that. But So, Dano for Selkie, Tiger 27, he's one of them. And then okay. there's a whole Jake Tiger 27. Uh, What's with this Tiger 27 shit? I have no idea. I don't know what it is. It's some is it kind like of movie 43? That Petrie for Tiger 27. Um Kaya, Tiger 27. Trent, Tiger 27. And they're all Mete fanboys. They probably listen to the show, and now I'm going to get all this tweets on things saying what an idiot I am, and I really don't care. But uh, the point is, is they go off the analytics, and they're not wrong. They're not wrong with the analytics about uh, you guys are all looking up this Tiger 27 thing, I can tell. Yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I found a I found a tiger with the with twenty seven oh, on it. There you go. <laughs> it's the promo code. It's actually the promo code for Club nineteen oh nine today. Oh, they yeah, but they've been using it for days. <laughs> so I don't know. It's like it it's been going on for days. I think it has something to do with Mete, and that's fine. I mean, if you're a Mete fan, that's fine. It's okay to be a fan of Mete. What about what about a plush forty or twenty seven inch white tiger? Why are they holding each other in a loving position there? Like, what are you looking at? Are you on Wish? <laughs> you don't want to see my Wish. <laughs> so what you're telling what you're telling me is, <clears throat> Mete is the Wish version of an uh, offensive defenseman. Correct. <laughs> but and anyway, back to the story at hand. We got off topic. Uh, we did. We got off topic. I don't know. I, I I'm waiting for Andrew Berkshire to put Tiger Twenty Seven by his name. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Um, I don't know what it is. I asked Beth because she seems to be up on these things and she has no idea. She thinks it's a Mete thing. So 
I don't know. Don't care. I really don't because Mete is not a Canadian, so I really don't care about Mete anymore. Not that I really cared about him before. Well, when he was put on waivers, I, I immediately said I expect him to get picked up. But I, I expected him to get picked up by a team looking for like a depth guy. And, and that's, that's exactly what happened. Well, actually, Ottawa did because they traded all their defensemen. Exactly. <laughs> Knowing that they Colbert can pick this and, guy up. Yeah. And well, when he went on waivers, I thought Montreal's getting a defenseman at the deadline and Mete's the goat. Now, back to the topic at hand. Mete is an analytical dream. His, his transition game makes him, and the fact that he plays against bottom pairing people, except all those games he played with Weber, which I think was like 200 minutes or something. Uh, don't not this year, but not this year, but I mean, over his career, because he last couple of years, he hasn't really played with Weber, uh, but he doesn't do anything else. Like he, he, he's marginal defensively. Although I thought last week he did play. I thought him and Ronoff paired off pretty good last week. I thought they played well, but in the Toronto and the, the Toronto game where they lost like five, one or whatever it was, uh, he had a guy going to the net and he didn't have the strength to tie him up. He didn't have the strength to tie up a stick. He didn't have, you know, I think it was the Toronto game, but, uh, or the Winnipeg game where they got, that was blown Winnipeg. Up. That was Winnipeg, the Winnipeg yeah. game. Yeah. Um, Winnipeg, he got benched for the whole third period. Cause he just couldn't defend. He couldn't yeah. defend. And I mean, it's not his fault. He's a small snap statured guy and he relies yeah. on a positional defense game. But if the yeah. guys beat you because you're trying to play your position and you don't have the strength to move them, yeah. You, you can't See, win. Me, he can't win the puck battles. He and he generates no offense for this yeah. analytic people that are going out there and saying, "Oh, he's one of their best offensive defensemen." Well, where's the offense? Yeah, for an offensive-minded defenseman, he like he just I don't know. He he just I I really think it. He got, he got passed on the depth chart during the playoffs last year, and he couldn't play playoff hockey. And we brought it up multiple times. And, and then this year, like, it took his agent coming out saying that my client wants to trade for him to even get in the lineup. And that was really bad for a guy like Kulak because Kulak was started the season. He was playing really well. And, 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 Mete, and Mete didn't really grab the bull by the horns and really roll with it. And it took, you know, the, 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 his good games were just too few and far between. So when uh, Bergman actually said something, he was actually really sarcastic when they talked about um, talked about Mete because one of the reporters asked him a question. I'm not sure who it was. I wish I would have been able to write Urban down. Basu. But he said he was talking about, talking about um, the trade market for him and why they just put him on waivers. And Bergman said, I could have got a first round pick, but I figured I'd put him on waivers instead. Yeah. I don't so think I wanted a... to address that. Right. Okay. So uh, I wanted to address that. I'll let you finish your thought and I'll go, I'll come no, back. No, that's good. That's good. Go ahead. So, yeah, it's, it's a question that Basu has to ask. This is this is a question that must be asked. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It has to be asked just sure. so it can get out there and put out in the public sphere. So anyone who's saying, oh, look at Bergeron, I dunked on Arpin, ha, 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 great. But that's a question that has to be asked. If it was, I would have asked it. Uh, anybody else would have asked that because that's it's a must. So... Yeah. At the same time, does anyone really think that the GM just threw a guy on waivers before shopping him around? Like, let's be brutally honest here. 
I think no as soon as that story think, came out early in the season, when his agent came out, him. I'm pretty sure they were shopping him right away. But there just there wasn't a market for him. And but here's as my his, question. And, and as his play declined, and he found himself on waivers, then it is what it is. Like I, I you know what, I, I, I wish him all the best in, uh, I wish him all the best in Ottawa. I think he was a, a really good pick when they, when they originally picked him in the fourth round. And you know he he jumped into the fold. I think maybe a little bit, sure. to, to a little bit, a little bit too early, and he had to take on too big of a responsibility. You can sit there and say it was a development issue with Mete, and I would say you're probably not wrong. I think he was rushed to the NHL because they had nobody else, really. And uh, then he got sent down, and he played well in Laval. When he got sent down, he came back up, and his game was better. Uh, he worked with Bouchard, and his game came back, and his game was better. But he was never going to be more than a sixth, seventh defenseman. Ever, well, you can't you can't argue that? Oh, look, they screwed screwed him up. They screwed up his development. He sucks because of them, and then complain that there's no trade value because he sucks. No, that's not what I'm arguing. I, no, I, I'm I know just that, but that's what's out there. Yeah, but uh, what I'm saying is, you mean to tell me he couldn't have gotten a seventh round pick for Mete? No, clearly he couldn't have. Like I, I truly believe, and I'm not naive. I truly believe a GM doesn't just take a player and go, "I'm not even going to try to shop you. I'm just getting rid of you." Nobody does that. Nobody. No. And if so, they do, then they're they're a terrible GM. And we all know, if you want to knock Bergevin, knock him, but you can't knock him on on asset management and uh, trades because his assets sure. man, he usually gets pretty good assets out of his players, right? or out of his trades, out of his deals. Juleson, you could argue, because, but who else was he going to, who else was he going to wave at the first of the season? Mete? He, he was hoping that Juleson would pass through waivers because Correct. of his injuries. because of his injuries. And if you really look at him, he's only played nine games for Florida. And he's injured. So he played four games for Florida. And he's injured. Nine. And no. he just got and called, he, and he just got called back up. Or he yeah, just got he called up injured. to the taxi squad, yeah. He was injured, yeah. played four games, got injured, got sent to... Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse and now abrupt. So, I mean, and I mean, a, a few guys on Twitter brought up a good point. I don't know if it was Gibby or someone else. They said, when was the last time you seen Bergevin put a guy on waivers who came back and bit us in the ass? Nobody. Usually the other way around. It's usually the other way around. Yeah. Right. But this so, is my point. Like you're not, he's not going to just throw the guy away. He's no Bergevin is uh, is vain when it comes to this kind of thing, he wants to be seen as a genius. So he is, he's going to put the extra effort in to try and get something out of someone. And if he can't, then he can't. And he puts them on waivers. People are going to take something for free. Like if someone offered you a, a schooner right now and said, you have to pay $5 for it. You'd tell them you'd laugh in their face, but if someone handed you a schooner for free, you'd probably drink it. For all the West coast people, that's a beer. And it's a horrible <laughs> beer. It is. It's like a can of Lucky. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. And Ottawa jumped at it, and yeah. I hope he does well in Ottawa. And he has a he has an opportunity to do well in Ottawa because they're pretty thin on defense right now. But he's going to be a six seven defenseman. That that's all. That's what exactly. He is. And I said that from the start. I said from the start he's a six seventh AHL type defenseman. Uh, I think he'll play in the NHL, but all these people in Montreal who thought he was going to be a top four defenseman and he had no shot. You can't be a top four defenseman. If 
nobody's even going to look at you when you go to wind up the puck. Everyone's going to say, all right, shoot it. No, we don't care. It's not even that he didn't have a <laughs> shot. He didn't shoot. He just chose he not shoot. to. And when, right? and when he did shoot, it literally went nowhere. Like it literally it wasn't the even a they shot. He missed the net half the time. Yeah. Or not I even think, get to the net. I think it's, he's still playing that overtime period going around in circles over and over and over well, and over. Well, that's just it. Over. Like, like the argument they have is, oh, you guys just want a big-sized defenseman who can who gives those big hit, those fancy big hits that do nothing. Well, a fancy right and and rush that ends up at nothing is no different than a than a than a big open ice hit. Yeah. You're you know right. Mete Mete actually might have a harder time. I'm not gonna say well. He might have a hard time still even getting into the lineup next year if he comes back with Ottawa because of the guys that they have coming up in their system that they drafted. Yeah, yep. Like they're going to want to use, well, they didn't draft Branstrom, but they got him for Stone, I believe. Um, they got Bernard Docker coming up. They might bring up Sanderson after they sign him, et cetera, et cetera. So they've got guys within their system that they might – that are going and to take got prior, that sub that, guy this year that came in this year. It's playing very well. Is it uh, sub, sub or Zub? Yeah, Anton Zub, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, of, and of course, you got Shabbat. So, yeah. I mean, he's an RFA, I think, at the end of the year. Mete is an RFA, yeah. I believe. And they, also so, got, and they also got Lassie Thompson in their system, too. So, these are all guys that they're going to want to play above Mete. See, there you go. So, uh, we'll just award Mete the Diaz Advanced Stats Award. Uh, courtesy of Andrew Berkshire, and we'll move on to the next defensive issue that we uh, that came up today, and that's Tony D'Angelo. So the rumors have been flying around. Dreger mentioned, I think, and I'm quoting, I think the Canadians were talking about D'Angelo, and that blew up into this gigantic thing. It then ended up in Friedman's 31 Thoughts that Mar- uh, that Bergevin called the Rangers to get D'Angelo and they will, he wanted the Rangers to uh, terminate, do a mutual termination of the contract so he can sign him for next year. But my question is why in the hell are you wasting time at the deadline calling about a guy that won't, you won't be able to sign until next year? What, what possible point does that have? It, it doesn't have any, uh, Everyone's taking this as the gospel because it's from uh, Dreger and uh, and Friedman and I, I, I Dreger not so much, but Friedman I kind of trust. Friedman uh, he yep. he's usually not far off. Um, Dreger said he thinks Montreal was in on D'Angelo. Didn't say they were. Now the headline on TSN was Montreal tried to get D'Angelo. It's not what Drager said. He said, I think they were in on it. There was something going on with D'Angelo, and I think Montreal was in on it. Friedman's on his 31 thoughts said, Montreal contacted, Montreal definitely was interested in D'Angelo. Uh, they wanted the Rangers to terminate his contract or buy him out at one-third, because he's 26 or under, would be one-third of his contract. And then they, would, they didn't want to pay the $5 million. And then they would top that up next season. So they would pay the 3.7 or three point whatever two thirds of the contract was. Uh, however, uh, D'Angelo said, no, he didn't want to turn it. He saved himself $3 million. So he's going to get his, get his money, but it doesn't make much sense to me because first, why would they do that now going in for next season? Like that, 
why? Like, now maybe. I have no, I have no doubt that when this whole D'Angelo thing started, when he was told to go home, that Bergevin made a phone call to to Jeff Gordon asking him about D'Angelo and all the ins and outs. I have no I'm doubt sure about every that. Every GM did, of course, and you wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't, right? But. To, to think that this was all hovering around the deadline while they're tr- all these teams are trying to pick up depth defensemen and doing this and doing that. I can't see it. Not, not then. Gordon said himself that no one contacted him about D'Angelo. Yeah. And now, I, I don't mean, know if Bergman said anything or not. Someone on Twitter said Bergman denied it. I don't know. I don't remember hearing him say that. Um, maybe he didn't French at the presser and I didn't catch it, but. Well, he said that he doesn't talk about other player, other teams' players. Right, which is his normal. He says yeah. that about everyone. That's right. Um, now, if you're under the loop and you live under the rock, the thing about D'Angelo is he's a very outspoken Trump supporter. Uh, he's had rumors of racist conduct in the when he was in the OHL. OHL was he in? Uh, yeah, yeah, in the OHL. Um, and he left he was suspended or left in the rangers due to an altercation with a couple players on the team uh if you ever seen him on twitter he's very vocal and very non-politically correct with his uh stuff so he just goose steps his way through the uh the twitterverse yeah. uh so he's not a character person that you would want probably on your team or in your dressing room which flies in the face of everything bergevin has done According to some people on Twitter who say the Subban thing was racial and blah, Carrion and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, we won't get into that. Uh, yeah. Let's forget the fact that he drafted Struble and Harris and Suzuki is, you know, Asian, Canadian. And, you know, anyway. Uh, do I want D'Angelo in team? Absolutely not. I don't no. because I no. think he's a racist bigot. Uh, if I took all that away, and just looked at him statistically as a defenseman, he would be a great addition to any team. But if he didn't have, sh- but he's a piece, he's of, a piece shit. of shit, right? Yeah. Uh, so if you looked at that, so if you look at a, a 58 point guy, what do you have, 58 points in 63 games last year or something like that? That's a guy you're going to call. Yeah. yeah, you're. That's a guy you're going to call up and say, "Yo, so what's going on with this guy?" Right? Then you're going to look and say, "Yeah, but look at all this shit." No, yeah, carry on. Right. And as much as I trust, uh, I mean, I, I trust Drager and and Friedman to to a certain extent. I mean, they also said Gallagher wasn't going to sign with Montreal. That anyway. was that was going to be my point. They <laughs> one day, one day they say that Gallagher is going to is insulted by the offer that he's mm. not going to sign to Montreal, and not even a day later, Gallagher's extended. So yeah. you gotta you gotta take a little bit of what they say with a grain of salt, and they don't have the full picture. So do I think that they have information where uh, they know that Bergevin called about D'Angelo? Absolutely, 100%. But I don't think they have the full picture of the, when he was making the calls and what was actually said. They're making assumptions based on what's going on. And they have multiple contacts. And they're probably piecing together different pieces of a puzzle. And they're, they've got a few of the outer edges, but they don't have that that meat in the middle. Friedman was pretty descriptive in what he said was going on. Yeah. Uh, 
But again, that's it's pure speculation because it's from a source. And that source is just telling them probably what they heard from someone who and heard is something that so- from someone. Is that source the player agent who's trying to drum up some interest in his player? Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, D'Angelo's going to have to drum up a lot of interest because there's many teams that are probably going to give him a wide berth. Um, I have a feeling he's going to play in Russia next year. It's possible. But again, you never know with the NHL. Guys get second chances all the time. Uh, Let's be honest. Is is Montreal the place you go to reset your your career and your PR uh, background? It's the furthest place to go away from. You stay the hell away from Toronto, Montreal, any Canadian, uh, any Canadian market, to be honest, go hide in Florida. Well, maybe Calgary. No, no, <laughs> no, even there. Alberta fans will be a little bit more uh, lenient, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> With the Wexit people? Yeah. Yeah, the Wexit people. But uh, I think D'Angelo's NHL career is over. If it's not, then. At least for a few know. years. I mean, look at Kulikov. Yeah. Uh, not Kulikov. Um, Slava Voinov. Voinov. Voinov, yeah. He, My he apologies to, to Kulikov. Yeah, he might go to Russia for a couple of years till it all kind of boils over and. Well, there was a lot of speculation for many years of when Voinov was able to come back to the league, there was a lot of teams that were interested. And I, and I have no doubt that there was a lot of teams that were interested in it, even though he's a piece of shit too. It's it's the same with D'Angelo. Right. Right? Exactly. Exactly. They're looking at his productive production on the ice. That's right. And they're like, can we put up with the bullshit to get this production? And most, and most teams aren't going to do that. No. And maybe right. that's what Montreal was doing. Maybe Bergevin was saying, all right, guys, what about D'Angelo? And everyone was like, you're an idiot. And he was like, well, we'd be stupid if we didn't at least look at something, right? Because you can't deny his production on the ice. You can't, you know, just because he's a piece of shit doesn't mean he can't do his job. Yeah. It means he shouldn't do his job, but. Yeah. And. Someone's going to turn this into me being a D'Angelo fucking supporter or something. I'm, swear, I'm swearing a lot this episode. You are. I, I, I've said shit. I've said shit once, and you're just like, ah, I'm taking all Matt's lines. Right? It's it's you're, you're, like you're, a sailor. You're, you're the reason that we get all the we got that comment on Apple that said the How cursing words. Well, Definitely wasn't this you can, guy. You can't please every snowflake. Okay, uh, sorry, but. Uh, don't let your children listen to Matt. Um, but I, you know, like I'm not going to sit there and get mad at Bergevin for doing his job. I'm sorry. I'm not. And in the end, nothing happened. So it's a dead, it's a, it's a, it's a dead uh, issue. Now, if, if he does end up signing in Montreal in the summer, then people are, have every right to get yep. real, every right. Yep. But I don't see but it I mean, happening. If you want to think about it, you want to go through the history of people in Montreal, Nick Cousins signed last year. We all know the history behind Nick Cousins. Yeah. So. I mean, like I, I totally get the rumors on the Habs and, and D'Angelo. I, I get, I don't think it's as far along as they reported. I, I just, I, I can, I can see that the Canadians had interest, but the guy is a piece of trash. So they probably, like you said, Hey, what did this guy do? What's going on? What's the background? They're like, holy shit, this guy is 
garbage. No, we can't afford that at all at any yeah. price. But it doesn't, but to me, it just doesn't make sense. The whole timing of it doesn't make any sense to me. No, no, it doesn't. Even if it is true, it just doesn't make any sense to me. If you're signing this guy for next year, like, why are you doing it now? You don't even yeah. know what the cap's going to be next year. It's going to stay the same. It's, it's going to stay the same, but you never know. You, like, you don't know what the, you don't know what, what if you like, oh, well, we're signing to no one to tire. Oh, wait, we can't now because I got this three and a half million tied up. Exactly. This pile of shit. If you don't know so, what you're going to do with the guys on your own lineup, why are you going out and getting someone else? Exactly. So I, anyway, it's not like Montreal moved any money out this year. Cause they did not really, not really, but they did lose a couple of contracts, gained a couple, but they're all UFAs. Yeah. So they have the opening that they can keep Dano and Tatar at the right yeah. deals. So he's maneuvering for next year. So why bring in another guy? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Especially if he's topping up the 5 million, that's like three point some odd million dollars. Like what, then, one third of five is 1.25. So you're looking at 375. So you throw this deal together and now you have to protect this guy for the yeah. expansion draft too. So it makes no sense. No, it, it makes absolutely no sense, but I'm sure there's some truth to it somewhere. And I agree with you. I'm sure yeah. he made a call said, Hey, what's this guy all about? And then went, Oh, never mind. This file's too big. Next. Yeah. We'll go with Gustafson. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll try to end this show on a more positive note. So uh, remember, for all of our listeners, uh, Habs Unfiltered has an OnlyFans account, and it is pictures of Matt. That is a positive. It's actually one picture of Matt. But it's a picture of Matt. Yeah, it's a picture of Matt. It's in black and white. But it's it's. Very... I've been asked. I've been asked about this multiple times. Just so. <laughs> I've been asked. I've been asked from guys at work. Oh yeah. And I've been asked. Like people have sent me DMs, and they're like, "Do you really have an OnlyFans?" And I just. Check. you yes you do yes you do <laughs> it's a fact google it it is there he's not is, naked by the way he no no it's just but it's a, ta- it's a tasteful be. black and yeah <laughs> he can $10 be for a month. 9.99 a month <laughs> just and it's it's not like it's the worst thing that would have happened at your unit Someone having an OnlyFans account. Yeah, I remember you having a CO that was pretty popular. It wasn't my, it wasn't my unit. It was the base. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might be worse, but <laughs> pretty sure I'm pretty sure he made Dateline. <laughs> he sure did. If you don't know what we're talking about, good, you're lucky. Yeah, and that's um, all I'm going to say. The last thing I want to say before uh, before, before I you say drop my... an f bomb before i oh i'm I'm gonna try not to um friend of the show uh mike camito he's got a second book coming out called uh, hockey 365 the second period um you can get it on um you know anywhere books are sold amazon etc 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 um he does he does great work on twitter and he he puts out um uh on this day every day it's always something that i look at i'm sure i'm sure you guys do as well and um yeah, go ahead, pre-order his book um, per Amazon. It's looking like it'll be released sometime in September, but uh, definitely take a look at it. It's, it's definitely going to be a, a worthwhile read. Yeah, I've already pre-ordered mine, so I, I would suggest others do as well. Treg? Uh, 
I got nothing. I'm writing a horror movie, so if anyone wants to throw money into my Kickstarter to help me put produce my uh, horror movie, that'd be cool. How about Jay Bear? Jay Bear This is actually a fact. I am actually writing a horror movie right now. So, is it a recreation of the 1987 classic Summer School? No, although that's an awesome movie. (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie. But uh, uh, no, no, it's not. It's a if if you really want to know about it, it's a about a paranormal group of people like those the ghost hunters, and they go to a haunted island. Although none of them really believe in ghosts, they just make it fake believe, and this place is actually really haunted. So, so it's Blair Witch Project sailor style. Similar similar to that because I don't have a lot of money, and the Blair Witch Project's really cheap to uh, film when you do it. So, uh, only it won't be as shaky. I know I don't like that. It gives me a headache. So, yeah, you don't want it too shaky. Then you end up with a matt's only fans account yeah so the this, this script's almost done now i just need uh money <laughs> all it is is just like it's just like film from like the curse of oak island with like a grainy film put over the camera <laughs> matt you're telling all my secrets <laughs> i just put our faces on the oak island people and yeah <laughs> do a different like <laughs> and a little ghost coming out a scooby-doo ghost coming out of the hole you're never gonna get my gold so you're saying we're gonna look like the uh, the the Canadians in South Park? The, <laughs> hey guy, the head them out. Hey guy, <laughs> Matt's ugly Bob. Just you know, it's <laughs> yeah. a good twist. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I would like to thank everyone for listening to our show this week. Uh, we appreciate you guys clicking, subscribing. Go to our YouTube account, uh, YouTube channel. There's some exclusive content uh, that was recorded today. Uh, there is a show between myself and James from Offside Hockey. Uh, that's going to be a YouTube exclusive. Uh, there's a, an hour of content of Leafs and Habs t- just chirping each other. So go check that out. Subscribe. Click the little bell so you don't miss any updates. Uh, <clears throat> uh, we're also found on the Hockey Writers, and we are now featured on iHeartRadio. We're, we're, ex- we're growing, we're expanding, and it's all thanks to you, our listeners, so please keep, uh, keep interacting with us. Keep sending us all kinds of tweets, all kinds of uh, Facebook messages. <clears throat> if you have questions, send those in. Habsunfiltered at Outlook.com. Uh, Outlook.com. We will answer you. We will add them to the show. We want to make, make you part of this show with us because everything we do, uh, we talk. Uh, that's our tagline. If you're talking about it, so are we. Well, it's because you're, we're just like you. We're... We're hockey fans, just like you. We are. We don't see ourselves above. We are equals, and we want to be a part of your community. So thank you for listening to us and making us part of your your daily routine. Uh, and remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. <laughs>
I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.